Welcome to the Casual Fridays REI podcast, where you'll learn about the wildly profitable niche of land investing. Active land investors Adam Southey and Justin Sleva are here to share their experiences with you so that you can learn how to build massive cash flow and huge profits from this highly lucrative niche. So without further ado, here are your hosts, Adam Southey and Justin Sleva. Hey, what's up, guys? I'm Adam Southey here with my co-host, Justin. And Sleva, and this is the Casual Fridays REI podcast today. We're talking about cash and is cash king. Before we do that, though, let's talk about the Casual Fridays land flipping blueprint. Guys, if you're thinking about getting this niche, you've got to check this out. We've taken all the knowledge we've gained through the years of consulting and the hundreds of clients, and we've put it into this course. It's in an easy to follow video format. It's got all the contracts, scripts, and forms that we use in our daily business, and everyone that joins gets a free one-on-one training with either Justin or myself. So if you're interested in learning more, all you got to do is go to our website at casualfridaysrei.com, click on the training tab, set up a strategy call, and then we'll go over everything you need to know to get started. Happy Friday. What's up? I'm trying to think what's going on this weekend, if there's anything good. Seems like a standard weekend. Oh, it's race series number four this weekend, so probably racing Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Hmm. It's a lot of racing. A lot. Every of, weekend. A lot of racing. This will be it for a little while. I mean, we'll go back to just the district racing, but this should, depending on how we did at Wichita Falls last week and how we do this weekend, we'll determine how we're going to look going into the championships for the Gold Cup and for the State Series. Well, good luck, first of all. Good mm-hmm. luck. Yeah. I have committed this weekend to doing, to finishing painting. Finishing painting. Yeah. I have been in my house for three years and I've had it about... <laughs> 80% painted on the inside, 85 now, say 90. Yeah, you're closer to 90. I mean, yeah, I'm going to finish it. This is it. Congratulations. I'm, I'm excited for you. The thing is, is like I have a really light gray and the walls were white before. So there's, you can't really you tell. You can't really tell. Yeah. Yeah. You just had a little bit of work done and the, and the, yeah. wanted to pull a, your OCD got the best of you and you pulled out a bookcase and then rebricked in the fireplace. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, the mantle was like, not even remotely close to being centered over the fireplace. <laughs> you say it wasn't remotely centered. I say it was close. Yeah, but that's the... That's the difference of the OCD and not. <laughs> well, it was enough to drive any normal person nuts. You didn't have to look at it every day. Okay. It's not my house. Do your thing. <laughs> Do your thing, dude. Do your thing. Yeah. So you are going to finish it. We can hold you accountable when we check back in next week. You'll have an answer for us that you did it all. Yeah, I can't promise I'll have the mantle up back up, you know, but I'll, I will have finished painting. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. Well, I'm rooting for you. I am rooting for you. I don't think you'll have the mantle up. Uh, <laughs> we'll see how I feel after painting. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. So cash is king. That's your, that's your, that's your gauntlet today. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess we kind of ended Wednesday's show with a kind of, you know, intro, intro kind of teaser or teaser yeah. or cliffhanger. Yeah. 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 Well, I was, cause I was saying back in like 08, 09 or I was on fire, but everyone around me, like my business was on fire, but the market was crashing. I didn't think it would ever happen to me. And little did I know, like it was just slow getting to me. Mm-hmm. Right. And right now record unemployment, mm-hmm. our businesses are on fire. Mm-hmm. Are we, this isn't, this is just a question. Are we just, just slow to it? And yeah. how are we prepared for it? Yeah, that's a, and that's a, that's a great question. When we first went into pandemic mode early March, I was like, I was petrified. Like, okay, what, what's the, what's the course of action? The good thing was, is I knew my inbound pipeline was full. And second piece of that is I had enough inventory that if I sold out of everything, I would be good for three years, four years. So as long as people kept buying, I would be, I'd be solid uh, for, for a foreseeable future. So the question is, is what do you do with that cash? And I, when you brought this topic up at lunch today and we started having a conversation, I was, I was had a conversation with a friend of ours this morning. He was fishing in my neighborhood and the kids saw him down there. So he ran down there and the kids 
when saw him and I caught some big fish, but we were having a conversation about, you know, cash and making it all work and last a little bit longer. And, you know, he NBA, he's got a series licenses, uh, recently laid off from aerospace. And so started thinking about that. And then the conversation I had yesterday with a consultant client, or it was actually this morning too, with a consultant client, you know, if the acquisition side is slow now and we're waiting to see this bubble because people have rent deferments, they have payment deferments, they have the stimulus money coming in, is the bubble pushing back? And then we're going to see it in three to six months. It's really going to hit. I know a lot of these financial companies are, you know, like debt people or whatever. They're really curious what's going to happen in August because Mm -hmm. right now everyone who's laid off is getting unemployment, but they're also getting that additional unemployment Mm -hmm. money, you know. There's so many people are making more money being laid off right now yeah. than they were while they were working. Mm-hmm. That ends the very end of July. Yeah. So what's August and September and October going to look like? So does that and that then that's the that's does a new trim, a new stimulus package get inked because we're going into election cycle or do they not and they let it fall on the face of, of the current you know current government you know right into this? So that's a that's a good question. We don't know the unknown. So the question now is cash king or do you put it back to work? What's the what's the right answer? Yeah. Yeah. You're, I like that you said that we don't know. Mm-hmm. Right. And all we can do as business owners is prepare and speculate and speculate. Mm-hmm. Right. And like I, I used to be dead set hundred percent, no leverage on anything. If you can't pay cash for it, then don't do it. Yeah. But now I, you know, I've eased up on that. Obviously we just, everything we did basically on leverage lately. Mm-hmm. Well, everything with project one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, um, I, I eased up on it because a, I mean, it was a fairly good amount of money, but mm-hmm. it was very affordable for us. Mm-hmm. Right. And so now I'm thinking, well, it's nice to use that leverage, especially if you can maintain that payment. Yeah. Right. Or maintain whatever payment that comes with it. Mm-hmm. But do I want to get stuck with that if nothing's selling? Yeah. And what's what's that time frame and can you dump yeah. it and get it out? So I think there's some questions there that, you know, is your exit strategy match? Is it is it reality? You know, I had a deal brought to me this week and it was like they wanted three point two million as a purchase price. I needed a million in demo work and they had letters of intent that after everything was said and done and paid for, it's gonna net a million bucks like profit and they're looking for equity partner. That doesn't really meet what I, what I look for. Cause it's a, it's out of my wheelhouse. It's B it's out of my area uh, being it's in Utah and not in, in Texas and C it's just like, well, I don't know these guys and I'm not, I like to triple my money or double my money on the worst case. And I'm, I'm putting a lot of leverage out and a lot of money into this just to make a piece of a million when I got 4 million, 4.2 million out. Yeah. In a situation like that, it seems when you're putting 4.2 out, it's going to make 5.2. Yeah. Right? That, shift could be very easily gone mm-hmm. especially if it doesn't sell for 5.2 what if it what if the real value was only the caveat to that is the letters of intent they've got at first it was they had contracts on all 60 whatever lots to be done i say okay we got they're all under contract sell then when the paperwork comes over their letters of intent which isn't a contract you haven't done the due diligence piece you're just saying hey i if we can do this i'll buy it for this mm-hmm. and that's all it's saying does there's no recourse but the market shifts and in August, when, when your financial people were saying, hey, August, September could get pretty rough. What if that 68 is not worth 68 per lot anymore? Now it's worth 53 mm-hmm. and you lose $600,000 in equity just like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a risky one. I wouldn't. Yeah. I don't even know if like we weren't guessing, speculating that the market may turn, that I would do that deal. Yeah. And that's and so when we went into pandemic mode, we said, OK, hey, for me, and I said this a little bit earlier and I may have said it on Wednesday show, too, but it was like, hey, well, let's get this stuff uh, let's hold what you have unless it's a smoking deal. Have I still been buying stuff throughout this? Yes. Yes. Um, I think I've, I've bought in, say, 15 or 20 properties during this time. 
am I still selling stuff? I'm having a, I'm on a run that we're having, we're, we're lined up to August is going to close to be a record land investing month for me, for Justin Inc. All encompassing. And I think it is for you as well. We kind of mentioned that. And the flip, when we were talking about it at lunch, it's kind of like, okay, well, what's the next turn? Do you just put the cash back to work or you sit on the cash for a little bit and decide what it shake out? And I'm usually the aggressor in this situation. I'm usually like, we got to put it back to work. I can't just let it sit there. If it's sitting there, it's not making me money. I'm not gonna have a paycheck in, you know, two years or a year or whatever that time, that time frame, six months, 90 days. But now I'm kind of like, okay, well, I can sit on a little bit of cash and decide what, what needs to happen next and, and look at the business as a whole and make sure it's pointed in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, it does kind of go back into no matter what, right? It's like, you know what your comfort level is and you know where being smart is. If, mm-hmm. you, if you have 100000 in the bank and you're worried that the market may turn, should you go take a loan for 500000 if you can't? No, pay it back. No, not if not if you don't think you don't see the value in it. But if would you take a loan at five hundred thousand if you knew it was buying a one point seven million dollar property and you had justifiable facts? Because even if you dumped it at one, you still made decent money. Yeah, I obviously have to do with the deal at that point because there's a big difference between buy for five, sell for one point seven. Then going back to your other example of buy for four point two, sell for five point two. Yeah, you know and. Deals like that, that 500 for 1.7, I would encourage anyone listening who has that to bring those to us right now. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem is typically they don't sell for 1.7. They sell for like 600, yeah. and we just all wasted a bunch of time. And I hate saying that, and I hate to be bitter in that aspect because it's very rarely do you see a, just a smoking deal that's up over 100, 100 to $200,000. It's worth three times that money. Yeah. No, that doesn't happen. We obviously have seen it happen. We know people seen it. I mean, it's yeah, it definitely happens. But when I when I open up a deal to be funded and I see a hundred and fifty thousand purchase price or three hundred thousand purchase price, I instantly know that it's not <laughs> worth what I want it to be worth. But I sit all day in these ten to twenty thousand dollar purchase price properties and see them worth three times that all day. Mm-hmm. You know, even if even on some of them, if we're sixty thousand into it and we we have one sixty three, we're into it sold for one sixty. We've got one at 53 into it, sold for 90 mm-hmm. or 87. So, those, I mean, those are solid numbers. You two properties like that, you have that happen twice a month, you're living a really good life. Yeah, you have that happen <laughs> twice a year, you're living a good life. Yeah, I mean, that, yeah, that, I suppose. That's a 140 grand profit I want right one there, of the, I want, I want, I want that happening every week. I want 52 of those deals a week. You and me both. Yeah. <laughs> Ain't nothing <laughs> but, wrong with that. But is it really happening? And do you have to have some cash or the ability to get cash leveraged there ready to go? Uh, for it to have those opportunities ready to go. Well, yeah, I don't know. I guess I, I don't know what the solid answer is. I mean, obviously cash, if you've got enough cash to be putting it out, just cash so that you're not worried about loans and, mm-hmm. and you've got great deals coming in. I mean, I always think cash will be great, but if you take out, if you're comfortable taking out loans and you know, you worst case scenario, you can pay it back. Like, yeah, not an issue with that either. Yeah. And that's, and as talking to that buddy earlier that lost his job, he was like, you know, I've got money coming in cause he has a pension that from an earlier retirement. He said that he had a six months discretionary savings, so they were good there. The guy has a financial background, so he's not he's not dumb. So that's you know good. And it's like okay, but like as I think as men and as care like caretakers for the family or the responsibility of the family's on you. And I and I remember these thoughts vividly from first couple months of six months, first year of being full time. It's like my wife would look at our checking account, and be like, "We got cash in the bank, yeah, but it has to go back to work, so we have cash in a year from now." I mean, we could slowly bleed off, you know, if we have. Sixty or seventy thousand dollars in the bank, it could slowly bleed off five thousand, six thousand dollars a month. Then you know she backs into a, a truck, or Jackson breaks his leg, or Jordan breaks her arm, or you know, we have a baby, and you know that all of a sudden that five or six thousand dollar average a month comes to ten thousand dollars average a month that you're spending, and in seven months you're out of that seventy, and you can't you have nothing to go to work with, and so there's a there's a thought of okay we have to forecast, we have to put the money to work to go out and make it for us. 
And is it in leverage? Do we leverage it up? Do we take a $100,000 line of credit and say, okay, hey, fully expended, this is 750 bucks a month to have that. Or I can do a six-month payment and it's interest only. Um, just got to make sure I have the next two six-months payments. So I've now got a year that it cost me $5,000 for that year in interest or $6,000 for that year in interest. And so I've got two $3,000 payments in the head. So now my $6,000 is worth a hundred grand. And can I sit on it that long? Yeah. I think talking it out just going to depend on your comfort level. It does. It, it has a lot to comfort level and everybody's comfort level is different. And I, yeah. I get a, I get asked a lot. It's like, Hey man, can we do a, a consultant call to talk about land investing full time? And I, and I go back to this and I said this a couple of weeks ago. I was like, man, I, I know the stress that I went through the first year and I don't really wish that on anybody. Not because it wasn't like I, I talked to some guys that are, you know, they've got 150 notes coming in a month and they're making, you know, fifty, hundred thousand dollars a month off those notes. And I'm like, yeah, it's a great way to go. I mean, you have a solid you should be doing this full time at that point. But when you have a guy that's got a thousand dollars worth of notes coming in a month and his bills, he's got kids and he's got a wife and he's got bills and there his bills are five or six thousand dollars a month, his pipeline's not full. He doesn't really have the money to go into marketing. He may have four or five months saved up of bills, but that's also his acquisition funds too. And he wants to partner on everything. You know, those, those type of situations and having those candid conversations like that is what really scares me for a lot of people that get into this niches because they're trying to jump into it way too fast. Too soon. Yeah. Yeah. I totally get that. I mean, they say you shouldn't leave your job until you have to, because you're missing out on money from your business because you're trying to do things that don't. Yeah. And I, and I hear that and I agree with it to a point. Like you were super stressed out because you were forced. I was gone. To, I, I mean, right. I had no that, choice. That's, a, that's I think an added stress. Right? Yeah. Uh, and if, and people that, you know, like you're, like you're describing right there, they're, that would feel that same stress because they weren't ready. Yeah. But if you're, if you got a business that's making so much money, but and you're having to stop doing that stuff to go do your day job, well then you should be. Yeah, I agree. I agree to a point. And that's where that question is how much cash in the bank do you, is it okay to bleed it off? Is it okay to keep it there? And I tell people you don't lose it. If you're sitting on it, if it's, but if it's a great deal, you have to deploy. And like if I, me and Jessica have had this conversation multiple times over four years is the bank account looks great. You know, you're looking at it and there's a quarter million, half a million dollars in cash sitting there. And you're like, oh yeah, cash accounts look great right now. And then I'm like, well, shit, if that's not working right now, where am I at in 90 days? Where am I at in a year? If it's not going to be bringing in a paycheck for me right then, because that money has to go to work. It can't just sit in the account. So luckily at this point, there's enough that's turning that it's Okay. But like I said, at the beginning of the year, there was nine hundred plus thousand dollars sitting out there that I had some attachment to, whether I was it was all mine, I was a funding partner, or I had leverage with it, somebody else in it. And I said, I need to get this back down. I want to be back under my two hundred thousand dollar mark. So, I guess we said everyone's gonna be different, whatever your comfort level is, right? Yeah. So, final thoughts. I <laughs> did you just say them? Yeah, I gave you. I guess it's a big mouth <laughs> diarrhea. So uh, I'll say, hey, have a great weekend, and I, I'm, I'm glad to. Uh, I'm glad to get to speak to y'all in case I don't make it back from my, my final races this weekend. Uh, all right, guys, that's it for today. Then um, we hope you have a great weekend. And as always, go to Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Give us a like, a follow, subscribe, and then go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, go to wherever else you're listening to us. Like, rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Appreciate it. Love you. See you Monday. See you Monday, guys.